0: You are now listening to the Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on air host, Christopher Albert.
1: Hello there. Happy Monday to everyone. You are listening again to the Junk and Jam Hour, and I am your host, Christopher Albert. Uh, you are listening to us on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the. Nonprofit, community organization, and freeform internet radio station streaming original content by New York City artists, broadcasters, DJs, journalists, you name it. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It is Radio Free Brooklyn's goal to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities and on the Junkin' Jim Hour. It is my objective, and privilege, I might add, to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind the impressive projects and contributions of some of today's most talented, groundbreaking, and often underground artists, entrepreneurs, and professionals of all kinds who work so hard to bring you joy at home. I will do my best to bring them joy within this hour. My very special guest joining me via Zoom today is not only a venerated music producer, but a virtuoso In everything tech, after earning two degrees in computer science and computer music and multimedia from the world-renowned Brown University in Rhode Island, he found himself producing melodies for industrial projects sought after to write music to accompany commercials, online content, film, radio, and television. With music high on his very small list, (laughs) but specific list of endeavors, he co-founded the dance electronic group. High Tide Lo Fi with electronic music artist Bolide, in which they currently have 4,282 monthly listeners on Spotify. He's also one half of the dance electronic duo Bear Cave, along with vocalist Ellen Perez. They have been a fan favorite since their symphonic 2016 debut EP, Hijinks. We'll have a listen to and discuss their latest track, Let It Out, and we'll also listen to and have a little chat about his very own newly released single, Every Night in My Dreams, the first of several solo tracks. Uh, He has planned on releasing before the end of the year. It is a relative departure from his more dance oriented sound, as he's now embracing a more vulnerable approach to producing music with darker lyrical themes and haunting music with lush melodies and harmonies that treads. I didn't write this, but I love this. That treads the fine line between ethereal and unnerving. We'll find out about that. NYS Magazine, New York State's music news source highlighting the best of music and arts from across New York State has praised him as a brilliant musician that is constantly fixated on existential themes and chilling productions. So excited to share with you uh, him and his music. He's a man of many incredible gifts. As a software developer, what are you guys doing at home? Nothing compared to him. He also finds joy in coding projects of his very own, including a browser puzzle pu- puzzle game, excuse me, a SoundCloud-inspired single-page web application, and a terminal chess game. And as an activist... He dedicates his time to advocating for the fair compensation of other musicians by music industrialists and platforms, including Spotify, and is in fact the host of his own series appropriately entitled Slept On By Spotify, where he pays underrated underground musicians for an opportunity to interview them and to showcase and highlight and watching them work on their own music and craft. Let us welcome New York City-based writer, music producer, electronic artist, activist, and host Nick Newhouse. Hello there, Nick.
2: <laughs> Christopher. I guess we don't need to have a chat now that all of my achievements ever have been introduced.
1: <laughs> I don't even think I don't even think we got to all of it. Um, right. So there's a lot to cover here. So let's just start here. You um graduated and obviously studied computer science and computer music at Brown University. Were you always fascinated? with computer science? Um, and when did you discover that you had an interest in designing in analyzing and solving, I would say, complex computations?
2: <laughs> well, to be honest, I wasn't the best Computer science student
1: at, <laughs> at Brown University.
2: If I'm being completely transparent, and if my parents are listening, I'm sorry I didn't have all all A's, uh, nor all B's. To be frank, <laughs> but um, really, what it came down to is when I when I got to Brown, freshman year of college, I was enamored with uh, music production stuff. I hadn't done it before. I, I I was, you know, I took lessons as a kid, piano and guitar lessons, but yes. Uh, and I was always musical, I sang in choirs and and stuff like that. But I I hadn't realized that it was so accessible to make electronic music kind of right. just using your laptop. Right. So I I really just wanted to do that at school and really explore that. And my parents were like, "You should have a backup plan. You should really uh, <laughs> you know look into something else." And you know, I, one of my college roommates was like, "Try taking CS with me. You might you might like it. I can be your TA." Which helped because I could just go over to his room and be like what is this what how is do this? I do this
1: it's it's it, just like music it's another language coding is, yeah. it's all other language you're you're pretty much you put yourself in a position to learn two languages at the same time
2: <laughs> yeah you can definitely think of it like that um at least in computer science though there's there's I think there are right ways and wrong ways to do things and in music it's very much you know, you can break a lot of rules as long as it's a great song. But are you not,
1: at least in terms of experimenting and in terms of coding, are you not allowed, is that, is that not how you, you know, find yourself in terms of what you're capable of doing by breaking things, by breaking codes?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, what's really funny is I think, I think some of the highest paid like computer programmers are people that used to just hack into things, yeah. just generally, they would just be hackers online trying to mess with like Google. Um, and then they would expose security threats and then get hired by people right, like, right. like companies like Google. Right. So th- those are the most creative de- like software developers it's, it's the out there. It's same idea
1: but, but, of, of, of thieves or, or professional yeah. burglars coming out and then they're like, hey, we can hire you. Can you help us make our yeah. space more secure?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Those are called, I think they call them like penetration testers and they, they say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars to try to break into our facility. And if you can do it, um, great. If not also great, because that means our security is good, but, um, it's, it's a whole industry there. I I was never that good at programming (laughs) for me. (laughs) For me, it was always just like, um, you know, trying to build features, find, you know, minuscule bugs. Um, and uh, you know, when I graduated from Brown, I wasn't actually, you know, maybe I'm skipping ahead here, but I didn't actually go into a software development
1: No, uh, uh, you, you, you wrote and composed, you ended up finding a gig that you wrote and composed music. Yeah. At least, exactly. was, it, was it all electronic? Um, well for commercials, online content, film, radio, and television. How did such an opportunity find you?
2: Um, I interned there the summer before my senior year at in mm. college, and I, I actually don't remember exactly how I found that internship. I think because I was taking some um, classes at NYU over the summer simultaneously. Yeah, they they had like, um, you know, some companies that they they often would work with, and you know. People are always looking for intern, yes. like free, free, yes. free, free labor. labor. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. um, so getting the internship wasn't that hard. You know, yes. impressing impressing them to the point where they wanted to hire me, I guess, was a little more difficult, um, but I managed to do it. They were like, wow, this, it seems like you can you can hang. Yes. So. Was
1: that. Were you then not not only just showing them what you were capable of doing, but did you surprise yourself?
2: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually did because really I was fixated on electronic music, right? I really loved uh, dance music. At the time it was 2013, I think. And um, like electro house music was kind of like the, one of the bigger sounds at the time. And I was super into that. And I was trying to learn how to make the kind of highest fidelity music I can um, from my, you know, from my bedroom or whatever. And um, because you could yes but the the company that i ended that i ended up working for needed a lot of other stuff like acoustic pharmaceutical music which was strangely boring and hilarious or or, orchestral cinematic stuff that i hadn't really done before but was kind of um uh, i had peers at my job The, the, the name of the company was the lodge at the time but they they um they merged brands, I guess, with their sister company. So it's, I think it's all just called the Music Playground. And there's still a music house in New York. I don't work there anymore. But um, they have some talented composers from whom with whom I was kind of working with yeah. and learned a little bit about how to program strings to sound really realistic. And yeah, stuff like
1: that. right. So, so would you say if there is, there's any difference in producing the type of industrial music you were doing? Um, As opposed to you know commercial music that we hear on the radio in terms of formula or is there any difference in terms of the tenets of producing catchy tunes well I guess I mean because it's the same goal at the end of the day right you want people to be humming and
2: well, it really depends on the the brief that you got, though, yeah. because with commercial music, a lot of times there was a voiceover, so you didn't want it to be the center of, yeah. of attention. Got it. Got it. Uh, so sometimes it actually needed to be less um, catchy,
1: ambient. You know?
2: Yeah, more ambient. A little more like it provides a feeling to the commercial than it than more than it's like the the center of it. Yeah. So the it was it was totally dependent on the brief but i would say when the music was the focus um a lot of the principles were the same you know um the thing is you're only you only have 15 or 30
1: seconds (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, did you have to also do like the the same thing where you had to okay here's the 15 second edit here's a 30 second edit here's a 60 second edit of it
2: yeah and it's interesting because um there's also a music library associated with the music playground so um what they would end up having us do is like expanding versions of songs that they thought might do well in the library um that isn't customizable when people license a, a song from the library I, you know i will still get a paycheck every once in a while being like hey you had your song licensed and yeah, you know i'm entitled amazing. to like 50 percent of whatever the company makes or something from that from that license which is cool great um nice little surprise you can buy yourself a little I don't know. It's not at all. It's not all that much money, but you yeah. can buy yourself a little something, a little bonus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sometimes we'd have to expand. Other times we would just have to cut down. But uh, yeah, it was sort of the same, the same song, just at different lengths. And uh, yeah, it was, it was all types of genres. And I was really thankful for my time there just because I got to learn so much about so many genres yeah. I would never have made otherwise.
1: So, let me ask you this does marrying does being able to marry you know both your understanding of the two disciplines and crafts of technology with music production um do you find that that makes your music your own music more unique Um I mean because you're it you're informed a little bit differently than most producers right not everybody's walking in I mean, everybody mm. has their own points of view and their own experience that informs their music, but
2: right. Well, it's interesting. I don't know if it makes it more unique, but I do feel like I have a little bit more patience and sympathy for some of the, <laughs> uh, some of the workflow issues that you run into sure. if you've right. if you've ever if you've ever made music. Well, so you edit you edit videos and stuff, right?
1: Oh my and God, we edit all the whole thing. Fi- not. An- Listen, I wouldn't call myself the professional, but you know, you, you always try to, and especially when you're working with others and you're collaborating with others, it's what is going to make this and sound the best. Yeah. And sometimes you just can't wait on others. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, you have well, to make I- those mistakes.
2: Of course, and what well, what I was driving at I suppose with 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 your work is is you use programs like I don't know After Effects or Premiere or whatever yes, to yeah. edit videos and stuff right and it's the same concept where you have a computer that has hardware that hardware has limitations as to how wow.
0: <laughs> intense <laughs> no like how many, how many
2: <laughs> how many threads it has, and if you have like a really really expensive and nice computer that's great yeah, um yeah. and then you and then you get to do everything super inefficiently, but what's nice is I actually kind of um think of of my, my session, my project session in terms of like, you know, how unwieldy is it getting? How can I make it more efficient so that there's less friction as I'm making the music? Yes. Because if you just, um, if you instantiate like 25 different instances of, of a, of a software synthesizer, right? Depending on how complicated those patches are, your computer is going to just freeze up. It's not going to be able to play back in real time. You're not going to be able to see, you know, in Premiere or something, you wouldn't. You have to like turn down the resolution just to yeah. just to get a preview. Yes, right. You, know you have I mean? to
1: watch in quarter playback instead of exactly. full yeah. view. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So that's that's the one advantage I think I got uh, as far as music production is concerned is that like I know what I need to do yes. in order to make things a little bit. That's amazing. I mean, if, if
1: something isn't right, if something isn't working at full proficiency, you can figure out why.
2: Yes, but it's not that I'm programming anything. It's just like right. I kind of, I kind of know, you know how it's working, the reasons why. But you know, you can look up like one tutorial on YouTube sure. and kind of learn a lot of the same things. You're just like, why the? Am I allowed to swear on this show? I don't even know. Yes,
1: <laughs> but I, I, always feel like it's, it's kind of being able to look through walls. I guess you have this special lens of yours that you can, you know, and especially because your music is so dependent on this technology, mm-hmm. it, it, it does serve you to understand how it operates in and out.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about that. But whether or not it makes my music more unique was the original question. Uh, well, let, the then let me ask no. you this,
1: because you <laughs> did have an instance where you hacked a Guitar Hero controller
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: to create uh, a unique way to perform live electronic music during your shows. And then we're going to talk about Bear Cave, especially, um, you know, performing live. That is not an everyday move by leading <laughs> musicians.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, so I guess, I guess the reason why I did that, and, and f- I guess what Christopher's pointing towards is this, so Guitar Hero Controller was this old game that came out probably in like 2006 or 5 or something. It was for PlayStation 2 and, you know, that generation of video game consoles. Uh, yes, I'm a gamer, so we're going to nerd out for a second, but <laughs> what, um, what I thought would be kind of interesting... Because everyone uses the same hardware on stage, um, like electronic artists will either like use DJ decks to like play their music or they'll right. use Ableton to kind of have a lot of background stuff and then use like keyboards and stuff. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not that good at keyboard. Yeah, I'm not really like a proficient pianist. I yeah. could become one for my live shows, but that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and so I was like you know what let's let's come up with something really interesting that's like a little nostalgic but fun and like really just energetic and I I threw like god i don't know how many leds between the there's an led strip along the the body of this guitar and uh and i put leds in the the buttons themselves yeah which are um which i made out of resin so that you could see through them because the original ones were just you know col- colorful yeah um by themselves anyway so i just didn't I didn't want a boring live show. I wanted something right. no one else had. Right. I wanted and, something and, and completely unique.
1: So when you're and obviously and this this just continues to add on to your unique perspective in terms of how mm. you yourself are able to provide a different experience not just for yourself but for your audience.
2: Yes. The only problem is that if if anything goes wrong it's all
1: <laughs> my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you better uh, learn how to play the drums quick.
2: Yeah, I know. Like those are pretty reliable. Drums, <laughs> drums will make sound. If my software yes, is that's bad, right. <laughs> my software is bad.
1: Then all of a sudden, well, I can't that's, debug that's 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 really e- right. Um, so altogether, then it it can be, you know, even simplistically, you know, anyone can make a music. If the lights go out for whatever reason, your music's your music showcase is done. Then. <laughs>
2: yeah pretty much <laughs> Unless if, the ge- until like, the
1: generator kicks on
2: right if my if my macbook especially cuz that's powering a lot of yeah. what's happening but that's
1: with anybody i mean if you're up there even with a, yeah. uh, a you have a keyboard electronic keyboard and you maybe you're you know you're accompanied also by an electric guitar it's done the monitor is around yeah. anyway <laughs>
2: well i mean these these types of things happen um, right. to even to tr- with traditional instruments right like a string breaking is right. not that right. that uncommon right and then all of a sudden like uh you just have to be so comfortable on stage yes. i think um and that's what else can you pull you know, out yeah well yeah either you pull something else out <laughs> or, or like just just not panicking is the number one thing. right right just being or just being like really communicative with the audience like if, if the power just absolutely goes out as long as you can make it a funny moment or like right right like cuz they're still looking likeable.
1: to you like for yeah. whatever what's going on here they, even if you yeah. have no idea <laughs> i know
2: yeah right so
1: if, <laughs> you're the I, one out there
2: i haven't had to deal with like a total blackout situation but i i know enough to be like they're here to see me and at the very least we can still have like a connection, even though the music isn't currently yeah. happening. Um, but things go wrong and yeah. I can't always control them. And and, uh, and, I, and
1: and in that journey, you weren't by yourself, right? Um, I know right, you, you, you were you're part of Bear Cave with Ellen Perez. Um, yes. Music with fun, funky, electro house vibes. Um, obviously not that simple, but, you know, <laughs> how did you meet Ellen and decide, you know, because that's such a big decision to collaborate with anyone right how did you make that decision to work together
2: so i guess it was relatively easy we we met in college um she was a couple years older than i was but we we met briefly in college and then she was uh, you're caught up now (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah she stayed the same age and i and i caught up to her and now we're progressing together uh no it's funny because i think people do think she's younger than i am but she is a couple years older but anyway not important we met a and then we <laughs> um, we, we, we both moved to New York at the same time because uh, we were dating and are dating <laughs> we've been dating for like eight years and hopefully awesome. hopefully none of the the single fans listening are hugely disappointed but yeah I've been I'm in a relationship
1: <laughs> love that
2: I love that um so it was it was pretty natural she had done acapella in school she was right. always a she was always a good singer and I was like I love kind of the euphoric female vocal over over house music kind of thing. As I listened to like Cascade and Dead Mouse back in the day, and they yes. always had like really airy kind of cool uh, female lead vocalist over yeah. you know, over some of their, Bjork. their dance tracks. Bjork is a huge idol of mine. Yeah, um, love Bjork. Have you seen that video of her just? like beating the shit out of a reporter.
0: <laughs>
1: it's one of my favorite clips. So, someone's just harassing her. She just, That's right. She just attacks them. That's I'm right. like, forget
2: forget her art. Like, you know, she could be a bad artist as long as she's like attacking reporters well, you, being, But you like, know, assholes.
1: sometimes, and, and, and again, there, there's so much to be said, right, when... You know, you're a person of uh, specific interests, and especially when you 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 know, you do so much work that to touch the lives of others, mm. and for whatever reason, you are under a certain microscope at different pockets of your career, right? And that was yeah. one of them. And she just wasn't having it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I think it was a let great me have my peace. Yeah. I, I i mean it's just like a funny video i'm sure she was like stressed yeah. at the time and like really yeah. actually just frustrated because you never but know
1: what's going on we're all human i know we yeah all, we're all human
2: yeah um, I, I,
1: go ahead
2: i was just gonna say you know everyone deals with fame and celebrity very differently too yes. you know she's yes. she seems like a sensitive type of person who's just very in touch with all her feelings so Yeah, like yeah, yeah and so sometimes it's I think people just don't know how to deal with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Oh, regardless of who they are, let's. All we need to do is respect each other's space. So now, you know, again, you know, working with a vocalist who might not be as savvy as you are in terms of the electronic production of music, um, but you know, she has a great ear, melody, harmonies, as we were talking about. How do you? how would you describe that you both complement each other like how does that
2: i think our biggest strength when we work together is how she is able to pull me out of the weeds out of, you know she she can see the forest because she doesn't see the tree i'm trying to like re reorder this this expression but like you know when you're when you are just so deep in the the weeds looking at every single fine detail yes you're not always you're not always focused on the big picture or or like who who's even going to be listening to this song like what like who are we trying to connect to and usually what I can do is I can show her something that I've been working on and I've been spending hours and hours and hours and she's just like she's like oh I don't really like that part but I like this part and it's like it's just it's just a very distilled kind of like knee-jerk reaction from somebody who doesn't um, spend tons of time producing music, yes. right? She, she's very musical and her, her ear is like, do I, you know, do I prefer this or not? Yes. And it, and yeah. it, and it, and it doesn't, she doesn't really care how it's made.
0: She's right. just like, <laughs> she's just like, does it's it sound, does business. it sound right? Yeah. Or
2: like, am I, am I listening to it later? And so my favorite tracks that I've shown out one of the ones where she's, she asks later on, she's like, Oh, I want to hear that, that demo you had again. Like, what was that? I've always, I, I always that. liked that one. I love um, that. And,
1: so and working, so that's working together and, and and obviously you both have different strengths, but I would say, you know, working with someone who has their own strengths can expose your own weaknesses and then you can discover that together. And, and that's how yeah. you work together so well. You both fill the other one when they're, when they don't have it. Yeah. Now you've done some incredible work together in music obviously including live performances um outside of your relationship uh specifically in music you know when working with venues um you know you have to work with other bands um there's still so much reporting still especially within music of overt sexism um has working with a woman opened your eyes a little bit more to how women musicians um are often sexualized or even and i didn't know this until this interview looking up some information a lot of women are still even shut out of electronic music or overlooked altogether for male acts
2: yeah i know it's It's, a big
1: topic but you know
2: it's a it, it is a huge topic um we personally with our live shows and just like written or produced music or yeah. like everything that's on Spotify and stuff. Like I don't I don't feel like we have uh experienced the worst of it. Yeah. But I am well aware yeah. of how much like women who make music have to deal with like the the disbelief, the sexism. It's it's and a lot of it's just like microaggressive stuff yeah. where where commenters are kind of just like, oh, did you, you know, did you steal this idea from, you know, Skrillex or something like that? And they have to be like, they have to, for some reason, justify the fact justify that they're music, that yes. they have actually made the music. And it's for producers, especially like, there's a great, uh, a, a very vocal underground artist. Uh, female artist Bad Snacks she makes incredible cool like lo-fi beats and she's a really good violinist most importantly um she she really really does every single thing from scratch but no one attacks male producers no, saying did right? you really make this did you yeah. really did you really do this but it's every time a female producer does anything even remotely cool they're just like Who's doing this for you? Yeah. Who's, who's, who's actually ghost producing this? We haven't really dealt with that because it's always been, uh, we've always been clear and upfront about what our kind of situation is. Like Ellen is the vocalist. I, you know, I, I, I sing, but i for the most part, my strength is the production yes. stuff, right? So we haven't really had to deal with that, but we're also not like the biggest name in the world, right? I mean,
1: I, mean, I, I think yeah. just, just that you yourself are just aware uh, you know because why not you should be right you should if 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 it hasn't happened to you that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be you can't understand other musicians specifically if it's so and it shouldn't be that way when it's Mm. you know when it's derived from just your gender yeah
0: but you are aware
1: and 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 however wherever you feel you are in this journey of yours in music it doesn't matter you know you
0: mm.
1: you still have an understanding of what's going on around yeah you. i mean if because you're not to, just taking care of yourself you're taking care of each other
2: yeah and i mean to be clear if i were Making to sure- th- throw a show or to, to witness anything like this i would be the first one to call call out the commenter call out the the heckler and be like like i'll take on those confrontations because i'm i'm not i don't have any tolerance for that kind of behavior it's just like absolutely not like it's clear that if it's totally clear that this whole festival is just like a bunch of like white dudes making music and then just kind of hiring and playing like like having other white dudes like it's just it becomes such an insular nepotistic weird like sexual racial kind of preference preference thing that is like it's so easy to find incredible artists from a whole diverse array of backgrounds um and obviously like it's i'm reducing it kind of to just like Mm. race or gender or something like that but um there's there's just no well reason. i guess i guess
1: it's it's you know it's always an honor to be tapped to be a part of whatever a music festival right. or you know a showcase um mm-hmm. but then you are when do you take responsibility of saying well what kind of show am i partaking in in terms and it's not your show but it's the whoever's producing it
2: yeah yeah <laughs> i i haven't i haven't done enough shows
1: you to will really we're just getting I back we're I just will. getting started <laughs> actually let me ask you this right because sure. um you know it's been a rough year for musicians as you know and and we'll get into uh the slept on by spotify for musicians you know just everywhere you know probably more so especially in places like new york city where gigs and venues are typically plentiful. I mm-hmm. have been prior to. How did you navigate the past year to be the most productive producer you could be? Um, first of all, <laughs>
2: uh, I didn't have all that much new music to perform, even if I wanted to, because <laughs> I was working a software job yeah, like, yeah. um, until until I quit in January. Congratulations. Um, Yes, thank you me. so much. <laughs> and now everything is perfect and good. Everything's and, perfect. Yay. <laughs> um no, it's obviously not that simple. But what um what I did end up focusing on, um, and you mentioned my my collaborator Bolide who um yes. makes some really interesting high tide lo-fi. electronic music. He and I, yeah, work on high tide low fi together. Which we're listening uh, to
1: now, by the way. That's what's playing behind us. Excellent. I can not hear it.
2: But no. <laughs> um Yeah, really- so dire dire dreams if we're playing that one right now that was one of i guess over a dozen tracks now that we put out um and those are kind of like study ambient almost like oriented they're not totally ambient they're they're beats they're like lo-fi hip-hop stuff um and yeah so i wouldn't describe it as like like dance electronic necessarily it's it's way more just like you're focusing on work yeah you want something in the background and um we've had a little success like doing some covers of um like video game songs but the reason why i bring it up is because this all launched during the pandemic we were both just like we were both just like man people people are going to It, it wasn't just like a business decision but we were just like it's a great way to stretch your legs and like stay creative but it's not as like in my head it's not as um well first of all it's not vocal it's a lot easier in my opinion to make music that doesn't have vocals at all and this pretty much doesn't um and it's just it's just easier for me to make lo-fi music than it is to make other music not because there isn't finesse to it but because um you you can be really sparse with it you kind of have like a good drum groove a couple like kind of organic, but like really like no high frequencies. Like you, you filter down a piano and make it really grainy and weird. And like, you're already 90% of the way to an okay lo-fi track. Lo-fi meaning low fidelity for those. I keep, I keep saying lo-fi. I mean, if you've, there's a funny BoJack Horseman episode where (laughs) Mr. Peanut Butter says, Oh, lo-fi study beats to relax and meditate to. That's my favorite artist. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a person, just one guy.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well,
2: Um, you know what? That is one way.
1: Uh, Nick, I'm going to shut up for for a few. And we (laughs) are, why don't we just get into uh, your new music? And then we'll have a little chat about that. And the inspiration yeah. behind that. Um, you guys are listening to the Jucker Jam Hour. I am joined uh, today by my very special guest, electronic artist Nick Newhouse. And this is his latest Every Night in My Dream. Every night in my dreams. Uh, I love that, Nick. Thank you so very much for sharing. Let's get you some applauses in there. We got <laughs> some applauses.
2: Amazing. Thanks for playing.
1: Um, Every night in my dreams. Uh, some of the lyrics, I know what it feels like to lie awake at night. And I know how it feels to fall asleep with no fucking relief. Because every night, every night in my dreams in my dreams i can't stop dying what is this nightmare (laughs) that keeps you up at night nick and why what do you suppose is the trigger (laughs) um assuming it's based off on mm,
2: a specific nightmare uh honestly i don't know if
1: i mean we've all Had a tough time sleeping for for the last 16 months
2: (laughs) yeah right it's just who knows if it's gonna get better but um i honestly don't know if there is a specific nightmare that the chorus is about to me the song kind of describes my love hate relationship with sleep in general yeah um because for some reason i hate going to sleep but Is it because you like, always
1: feel like there's just more to be done in the day?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I didn't get it, I either didn't get enough done or. I'm Which rebelling. will
1: haunt you anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I'm, or I'm, I'm rebelling against my parents, even though <laughs> I, don't, I don't live with them anymore. <laughs> um,
1: You're still giving j- it to them.
2: Yeah, I trust me. I do not. I do not live at home. I don't. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. I always used to have a a difficult relationship with sleep because on the one hand, I wanted I ever everyone told me that I only needed like eight hours of sleep, which is kind of just a lie. People people need somewhere between like six or 10. That's all very normal. Um, and there's kind of just like a myth that eight is just the perfect number for everyone, which is like, you know, what are the chances? I mean, that, we're all like,
1: conditioned with numbers and certain yeah, conditions yeah. that who knows where the fuck they came from.
2: Yeah, it's just the third of the day. <laughs> but um, I guess, man, to answer the question, it's, it's not a specific dream. I actually well, I tend to have the good dreams. but Yeah,
1: well, let me say that. Well, let's start here then, because you described the song as a focus on nightmares and the beauty within them. What yeah. did you mean by that?
2: Um, I guess what I meant by it is that there are certain kinds of spaces that to me are terrifying, but I can't look away or I can't stay away from them. And, um, for me, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, I actually don't like horror movies, right? But there, (laughs) there's, um, because I, well, a lot of them aren't very tactful. They're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. so, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't love those, but I've, pl- I've played a couple of, of video games in my life. And again, we're coming back to video games. Sorry, no. but uh, um, there's there's one called Subnautica that is a huge inspiration of mine um, where it's an indie game, but it was kind of a, a hit a few years back um, where you, you you crash land on this alien planet and it's covered in water and yes. you have to go deeper to find more resources and go deeper to figure out why. You guys crashed in the first place um and i won't spoil it it's incredibly <laughs> it's 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 like an incredibly good story as well as an incredibly terrifying experience so on the one hand the life forms that you're meeting are scary predators on the other hand they're just beautiful creatures right it's like, all
1: perspective right
2: yeah and so it's it's about it's almost about like conquering fear really yes. to to be able to let yourself feel and be immersed in what is kind of just an objectively beautiful yeah. thing. Like the this sensation is called phobophobia, I believe, where people are just kind of scared of the ocean and, and dark, like deep dark waters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could feel a
1: little claustrophobic.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, and you just like don't really know what's in the waters, like ever. You know, I, if it's no, more than twenty. Who knows feet. how
1: much we know. Still, yeah, if, if there's it's, so much to exactly. <laughs> I know it's,
2: it's like we're going to Mars, but we don't even know what no. the hell is in the ocean, like a deep, deep, deep ocean. <laughs> right. Like we actually don't know. Right. Um. So you've I'm I'm obsessed all. with, obsessed with those spaces. I love
1: it. Yeah. So so you saw some inspiration from underwater spaces, dream worlds. I love that. Um. You you know you've a lot of your or at least I'm assuming this is part of a an EP, a bigger project.
2: Yeah, well, I've got two more songs coming out in September, hopefully, um, including a really cool animated music video that is totally done. I, I have a video for for this first song, but it's it's still in the works. Um, mm. So there's two there's two more songs, whether or not they end up packaged as an EP. I actually haven't decided. I think <laughs> I think I'm I think I might make an, an album, like a full album at some point. But to be honest, when you're a new like a brand new artist. yeah. Um, people aren't really super interested in hearing like a long form piece. They're like, they're, they're yeah. just like, oh, okay, like what are these singles? Like, what do you got? You yeah. know, it's kind of like you're proving like you're proving yourself with the first few songs or whatever.
1: So I want to ask you this since we're talking about sleep, um, to, well, uh, let's just ask this for a question because for me, I've loved sleep and, and I've had some bouts with depression where my sleep would not let me wake up to enjoy the rest of the day it's like no you stay here it would not let me re-engage what why would in your opinion is the act of sleeping for some a healthy escape right because obviously it's it's better than drugs or alcohol in terms of being healthy (laughs) for you but it could be you know in my instance not healthy
2: (sighs) I think I need an entire
1: an- an whole, a whole psychologist, an a therapist
2: certification <laughs> in order to make this answer. Um No, but you're right. I think I think people who are depressed um
1: it can be abused, just like anything can, else.
2: Yeah. It's like sleep ends up being like like a weird chokehold on you. You're like I uh, you know, you're kind of held prisoner by your sheets or something. Um and i think the reason for that is it, it just has to do with the chemical imbalance like you know mm. de- depression is mental like a mental illness. uh illness well, it has that has to do
1: with mental health right
2: and and it's you know can you uh does every single person who's experiencing depression need medication um maybe yeah i don't i don't but, know it really depends on the individual yeah. and the extreme and, the, and, and, how, and how extreme this the, the depression or anxiety is right but um uh, I think if you end up spending more than you know, ten or twelve, fourteen hours in in bed consistently every week, that's a sign that something is wrong. wrong. Yeah. Um. But that's a symptom. But we don't that's we a, don't
1: necessarily unless someone is there every day with that person, we might not yeah. even know. You know. And and yeah. when we see them out and about and they're functioning, you would never know.
2: Yes, but it's a, that's a symptom more than. It is the illness, yes. right? So you need yeah. to, and you need the, you need a professional to diagnose yes. these things, right? So, like I'm just I'm just a guy. Yeah, we're not
1: going <laughs> to diagnose anyone today. Ah, uh, so then whether it's for sleep deprivation or sleep indulgence, yeah, or even just a, a tool used to help heal us out of whatever ails us, what makes music such a good companion?
2: <laughs> um, what makes music such a good companion to me? To me, nothing, no other art medium can evoke the same emotional response. Mm. Uh, this is my personal opinion, this is totally subjective, but um you just it's it's funny because humans are so visually based, right? We you know, we dedicate so much of our brain to the visual medium because that's how we get so, so much done. Um That was not super eloquent. But anyway, so for, but for me, music is one of
1: those, it's, it's, it's easy to be stimulated visually, right? It's, it's more, I, I, it's, I guess it's just readily available. I mean, it's not like you have to sit down, you know, wait till you get to, even if it's just, um, an instrumental, right? It's still a journey that a, a score can take you on and you, you yeah. kind of have to invest in it a little bit.
2: Right. And and to me it's like if if a mood strikes you and you're like I really need something that is going to pull me out of this funk yeah. or I need something that's going to draw out the yeah. the sadness, the feeling or whatever like I, it's so rare that I'm ever like, yeah. let's find the perfect picture, or like. Right.
1: Well, you could paint um, your own picture to it, right? I
2: know, well, I know I'm not. I'm not trying. Anyone to listening
1: to anyone listening to any piece of music, that music can, you know, embolden them to imagine.
2: Yeah. Yes, I I think so, but I also just like. I don't want people to think that I'm anti other forms of <laughs> art. I'm really not. Um, it's just for me. For me it's, it's the the quickest way to feel euphoric uh in a moment wow. or yes. to really to really pull my heartstrings in I certain ways and and that. a lot of it is not even lyrical for me. It's so much more about the the sound, space, yeah. the the balance of the frequencies, which is kind of a weird well, way well, to describe it.
1: Yeah. And, and and but you even talked about even when we're just talking about lo-fi, it's still it's still to generate some sort of feeling inspiration and, and you want and yeah. you and you would hope that the person on the other end also feels that as well whatever because yeah. you're still being vulnerable you're still sharing it you're still putting everything you are into it
2: <laughs> totally it's it's a more subtle expression of a part of me yeah. when you're making lo-fi music but you're definitely trying to put people in sort of like a flow state or a calm a calm sense of being in that yeah. in that moment.
1: Um now you real quickly, I just want to ask you this because I know you played Every Night of My Dreams for Shazam recently. Did yeah. a little stress test with various <laughs> conditions and elements of the songs. You played it flat, faster and slower, different tempos. Um, you just used the voice and drums. You played it for yeah. the instrument. What inspired the experiment and what was your conclusion?
2: <laughs> well, I've been messing around with um, TikTok lately. Um, and I, I'm I'm not super into social media by nature. Yeah. So I have to kind of force myself to make content. Yeah, but I was it. um I You know, usually when I'm done with a song, like finished making it, I'm ready to just never think about it again. But I'm trying to force myself to talk about it more and create content around it so I was enjoy it was really what a, you made
1: you know yeah. l- 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 allow yourself some time to really let it envelop you I mean I know I know sometimes we have to step away after working on it so long
2: yeah but you exactly. can enjoy it I'm trying to and I'm trying to find other people who might resonate with it. And so yes, that was that was the yes. main thing. I was like, you know, I've always thought Shazam was amazing technology anyway. Yeah. And I had this new song and I was like, let's see let's see what I can, <laughs> can do and then if people if people are listening to the song in the video, they might just be like, "Oh, yeah, that was good. Let's check that out."
1: <laughs> I love that. That was so really fun. It was, it
2: was it was a promotional thing, but I thought it was interesting anyway.
1: So now, in terms of music, and we're running out of time already. Gosh, time flies by so fast. <laughs> uh, Slept on by Spotify uh, series where you play underground music. Um, and 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 other music creators and producers um, allow you to come in, interview them, watch them work on whatever their music is. Excuse me. One of your main issues with Spotify is that um, it, the words you use specifically is that it quantifiably underrates um, musicians according to an API, whatever that means. in layman terms, <laughs> um because I know you you talk about on the series, um you break down how it breaks um, how it scores musicians and artists from zero to one hundred. And how that can manufacture popularity in layman's terms, what does this all mean for indie music artists um, and what are what you trying means... to achieve with the series? So the
2: popularity score that you can look up for any artist is is built it's built into Spotify it's constantly changing, but if you're an artist on algorithm. Spotify um, yeah so the you can you can um, basically send a request to see what you know, information Spotify has about you. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the metrics they give back is like this popularity score. Um so the API is just a tool that you use to figure out um what Spotify knows about you as an artist. So that's just like a, a tech term, but it's not um it's not super important. But okay. um
1: in the scheme of things. <laughs> in the scheme of things.
2: But my main my main critique of Spotify is that they're basically in control of that score in the first place. Because mm. when they control who is getting playlisted in editorial playlists and to some extent their algorithmic playlists which are you know also um looked over by human beings um they are the ones who determine who becomes popular and so it's kind of this cyclical thing where it's like they can they can choose who's popular and then you have this score in spotify which to me is just kind of like not a real indication of popularity it's an indication of how much spotify has given you promotional love for whatever reason and the suspicion which has been you know confirmed in like conversations is that these editors are people who can kind of be bought out and i don't always mean that literally sometimes i just mean they'll do a favor for someone that they like um or in some cases it is payola which is you know like an old radio term from when djs in the 50s would would Take money, here's the record. Here's fifty
1: dollars, yep. do a couple of Play spins. This yeah.
2: exactly. So it's it's illegal, it hasn't really been policed or eradicated fully. Um, and they also just pay an abysmal, like, right. tenth of a cent. As, like as, it's, it's, a, a, it's
1: as your platform showed, uh, many artists only a point zero zero three eight of a penny per stream. You were recently out there with other musicians, um, protesting. At spotify office even just asking for that penny on the dollar per stream yep why was it important for you to get involved in this battle and would you say there's been any movement or consensus since or no
2: um i think in i think the movement is slow but it's happening culturally i think i think listeners are beginning to understand that um if they want uh indie artists to be successful they have yeah, to find other ways to their support music. yeah um you know go to band camp go to their shows go buy merch online yeah. stuff like that um will help them more directly or you can just donate if they have a link right right um so it was important for me to get involved because i have so many friends
1: yes who yes.
2: are um way more talented than i am in my opinion and they just um they aren't getting the love that they should so it really stemmed from I me witnessing their greatness and being yes. like how do i how do i make or like raise some awareness yes. how do i compensate them so
1: and i love that so slept on by spotify you know again so many talented artists that we know and love and especially you and, and especially in the underground scene who you feel that just don't get the attention and credit they deserve so you provide this platform where you could pay them for their time um has interviewing other artists and learning about their process teach you anything about yours anything new about yours
2: oh totally yeah Yeah. i mean they um it's been really (laughs) interesting watching some of of the guests work because they they come at it from totally different angles one 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 artist was like i just need the bass and the drums to be in the right spot and i can really craft around that and uh, another one was like I just kind of mumble a melody until I can come up with words yeah, that work yeah. for it. And it's just really interesting to see how, how different people work. And uh, I've been meaning to make more episodes, but there's been some scheduling issues. Yeah. So I apologize if anyone's dying yeah. for more. But <laughs> I love that. So it's tough.
1: Thank you, Nick, for, for sharing some of your journey. An hour is never enough time, but we are running out <laughs> of time. I just want for everyone who's listening, for everyone to find out more about Nick Newhouse and his fabulous music. Uh, Nick Newhouse music uh, you can find him on at at instagram that is n-i-c-k-n-e-w-h-o-u-s-c-m-u-s-i-c on twitter that's nick newhouse soundcloud find him nick newhouse also on youtube if you want to help him in his effort (laughs) to make more uh music and videos full time and especially um in terms of his web series um slept on by spotify please consider supporting him on patreon um, where he also has unedited cuts of Slept On by Spotify. Uh, you find out more information there at patreon.com slash Nick Newhouse for everything we do here. You can find out more about us at radiofreebrooklyn.com for everything I do, junkandjam.com. And of course, Nick, give me a second. We have to pay some bills for all of you listening. Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored <laughs> in part by Elevate Pharmacy. <laughs> Offering little or no cost medical braces. Yay! for more information... You can call 844-598-6639. I am going to leave us off with uh, Let It Out by Bear Cave. Another great song. I love that. How's the reception been so far?
2: People seem to really love it. It's a high energy track. The, you know, kind of old school complexro sound. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, hope, you know, I hope people enjoy it.
1: All right. Enjoy, guys. This is Let It Out by Bear Cave.
0: and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play Music, and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.